Tanya for the 28th of Nisan, but first the story. The Alter Rebbe was uh, the official reader of the Torah in his, in his own shul. The Alter Rebbe was ex- extremely pre- precise in the reading of the Torah. In fact, the, there are stories of the Alter Rebbe reading earlier on, during, during you know, the, the, right after the passing of the Magid, a message for all the rest of the students of the Magid. The Alter was the, was the was the reader of the Torah. And when it, Shabbos Bereshas came... One year, the, the Al-Tarebbe read the words, Bereshis Bar-Elikim, and then suddenly the Al-Tarebbe put his head down in the middle of reading, on against the Bima, and it was quiet for a considerable amount of time. And then the Al-Tarebbe picked his head back up, and then continued reading. And everyone was extremely puzzled, because you know, no, one, no one had any idea what it meant. But I guess they didn't ask Al-Tarebbe, and Al-Tarebbe didn't explain. And the Tzemach Sedek, the, the young grandson of the Al-Tarebbe, he, he told people, if you want to know what, what was going on, I can explain it to you. I know, the, I know, I know what it means. So they came, they, they stayed around, and when he explained, he said like this, he said, Bereshis talks about the creation of the world. And it says, Bar Elikim, that Hashem created the world, but the, the phrase that's used isn't the name of God um, that's talking about revelation, yud Hey and then avav and but it's Elikim, which talks about nature, which talks about concealment. So, the Tzemach Tzedek said, it's the mission of every person to, to work out, to like discover the hidden way that God created the world and find God within, within this world. To, to, to kind of look past the Elohim, you know, creation, limited variation of this world, let's call it, and see beyond it and see that God is, is, is really behind it all and God's, you know, the, the, the creator. And the, the Samuel said the Alter Rebbe was, was, was actually doing that. He stopped, he said, he stopped, he meditated to, to, to understand how this is actually the case and that Hashem really is the, the force behind it all. So far, what we're talking about is our ability and requirements in order to fear God to be able to do this, to be able to think and meditate and discover God behind everything and to realize God's watching us and God fills the world and surrounds the world, the higher worlds, the lower worlds. That's the baseline meditation, the baseline way, you know, way of us accomplishing a fear of God. But there's of course a big problem. With a regular king, a regular king will chop a person's head off. So a person walks into the king and they see the king, the king's staring right, glaring right at them. They feel the panic and the dread. That fear is there. But with ourselves, however, we look at the world and we don't really we don't see God staring back at us. So ask Alter Rebbe, would that be a would that be like a, a, a flaw in the system, making it kind of impossible for us to really accomplish fear? And Alter is going to explain today, Tanya. No, it's not. A person could still have fear of God, even though they don't feel God, God glaring back at them. A person should additionally remember. So that when it comes to a regular king, what what does a person really fear? The the person fears the inner essence of the king. It's not the body himself. Classic example is, if you walk into a room and the king is fast asleep, and you're not worried about the king waking up, you have no fear for the king. You're not scared. There's no, there's no panic and dread. If you're absolutely convinced you will not wake up, well, in that case, you won't be fearful in the slightest. So it's not really the body of the king, per se, that makes you fear, fearful. It's what the king represents that makes you fearful. And the inner vitality of a, of a king, understanding that person's a king and the fear that accompanies that, it's not something that a person can see. It's an idea. 
If a person talks to someone and they're having a regular conversation, in the middle of the conversation suddenly a person goes to them and whispers, by the way, the person you're talking to is the king of the entire land and he's been and, and you say one wrong move, he's gonna chop your head off, suddenly you're terrified. What happened? Well, nothing really changed. That person you were talking to, he didn't, he's not a different person. He's exactly the same person. But your acknowledgement, your understanding of what that person represents suddenly changes the game for you. And now you're in a deep state of panic and fear and, and all. Because what you're scared of isn't something you're actually seeing. Yes, you look at a king and sometimes you see the royal garb. It's not, but the royal garbs aren't scary. If a person takes that off the king and starts chasing people around the street with the royal garbs, no one's scared. It's not the royal garbs or the crown or the scepter or anything that makes a person scared. Rather, what makes a person fearful is what, the, what it represents and that you don't see with your eyes, that you see in your mind. Says so Al-Tarab, well, same thing with God. Yes, God, you know, it's, it's hard to see God in this world. And, of course, as we're going to mention, that is our, our requirement to try to do that. On the other hand, it's not God itself that you're terrified or you're trying to be terrified of, but rather what Hashem represents. What's, what's more, what's, what's going on in your mind, not what's going on in your eyes. Let's put it in different phraseology. This is in brackets that when a person looks at the world and trying to gather a fear of God, they can look at the world and see if you look deep enough and look with a with a clear mind, not with a, not with just your eyes. You'll see how the world subjugates itself with God. The Altar gives an example, for example, the, the way that the sun prostrates itself in front of in front of Hashem, or the, the different um, um, heavenly um, organisms that bow to God every single day because they, they're bowing towards the Shechina, which is in the West. You could see within creation, if you look deep enough with your mind, not your eyes, you'll be able to understand that God's behind it all and all of it's paying tribute. And Altabah says it's almost like an example. A person that's never met the king in his life, has no idea who the king is, and then walks into the palace and sees so many guards and officers and soldiers and ministers and advisors, and they're all giving homage to one person. Whatever, Whether he doesn't know a single thing about that king, just merely seeing how much awe is given by all these people to one particular person will create a tremendous amount of awe for that person. Because like, whoa, everyone's respecting him. I must respect him too. We can see that in the world, the way the whole world is subjugated and gives homage to God. We can say, well, God must be really good, even though we don't have any idea what's going on with the God himself. Now you might say, wait a second, God, as, as, as God is in this world, is covered by so many garments. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to um, understand and see godliness, and that's fantastic and wonderful. But what we're seeing is, is, is something that's covered by so, so many layers. Says obviously if a person has fear of a king, it's not the clothes that make the king. Well, if the king is wearing loads and loads of clothes, you say, "Well, actually, I'm not that fearful of the king. I'm not all that considered. I'm not all that worried about it." 
You say, of course, that's, that's ridiculous. The king is a king regardless of, of how many clothes he's wearing. So a person should train himself, literally give himself time to sit down and to think about the fact that all the things in this world is an outer garment of God. And all the incredible things in the world, the, the heavens and the earth and all the, 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 the magnitude and the, the powerfulness of this, of this world is all created by God. And by thinking about that, he'll be able to see, let's say, the outer garments and understand from inside just how great and powerful God is, at least as much as our brains can understand. And this is what it means when we say someone has faith, someone has belief. What does that mean? Emuna, translated into English, is just faith. It's a very, a very um, meaningless word. But in Hebrew, all words have extreme meaning. Emuna means a carpenter, it means a, tr- a craftsman. Why? Because faith is not something you just get. You don't download, oh, I, I, I have faith today. No. Faith is something you literally have to work at. Like a craftsman working on a, on a vessel. It's not good enough that the to say, well, here's a... No, he needs to practice and work and work and work and work. It's, it's, it's that journey of the, of the craftsman that makes the craftsman good, not just the instant creating of, of the vessel. Well, now I'm a craftsman. You're not a craftsman. You just made nonsense. Emuna means you're working on something because if you want to have faith, faith is a journey. It's not just something that you just discover. And a person should remember that accepting the yoke of the king continuously, this is, a, this is actually a mitzvah, appointing a king for yourself, but appointing a shemans to be your king. Because Hashem forsook the higher worlds and came down, uh, the, the creatures of the higher worlds and the lower worlds, and came down and, and made himself the king of this world. And we're accepting this heavenly, um, this heavenly responsibility, this heavenly um, yoke, to have God to be our king. And this is what we do during davening. During davening, we're like, well, I accepted God to be my king, you know, 30 years ago. In davening, why am I doing it all over again, over and over and over, three times a day, and in Shema? And the answer is, this is not something you just accept. You say, well, God's my king. I accept that God runs the world, and God's my king. Fantastic, I'm done. If anything changes, I'll let, I'll let you know God. It doesn't work like that. When it comes to accepting God as king, it's a practice, it's a craft. We need to continuously perfect it and keep getting it better and better. And therefore, we need to continuously do it, because if we just say, well, God, I accept you as king, that was, that's meaningless. That's not... It's not meaningless. It's worth it's worth plenty, but that, that's not what emuna means. Faith means an active thing that you're like a craftsman, continuously perfecting, continuously working on. Thank you so much for joining, Natanya. It's also unless I've been a slave. Have a wonderful and very successful day. Thank you so much for joining.